Folks, hello. It is Tim. It's the honor roll. I uh, wrote down, I talked too fast. So I wrote, slow down as big as possible. So I remind myself to slow down every once in a while. I'm a fast talker sometimes, especially when I'm drinking my coffee. So that's why I'm going to take this as slow as humanly possible today for now. I probably, once I get going, I'm probably going to motor mouth it. Anyway, this is the honor roll. This is where I watch five new 2022 horror movies and decide which ones I like enough to place on my honor roll. The honor roll is what I will be pulling my top 10 from at the end of the year. It's just a way for me to keep track of movies outside of, I guess, an Excel document that and letterboxed, which I'll talk a little bit about later, just a way for me to keep track of the movies that I watch throughout the year because I watch a lot of them and which ones I really like. And anything on the honor roll, essentially, I think at the end of the year would have a chance to make my top 10 list. So if you want these episodes a little bit early, if you want access to our Discord, or if you just like what we do here and want to pitch in, uh, you can do so. Patreon.com backslash Midwest Podnet, and you can pitch in as little as a buck a month, and that'll get you access to a whole bunch of stuff. If you want to pitch in even more a month, or just pitch in a one-time thing, a donation, say, hey, like what you're doing, go for it, and you will get some stuff as well. (laughs) I don't know what, that's Alex's deal. You ask him. Go ask the founder. Um, It's our deal, but he he knows the... uh, he knows what what all entails. I'm gonna move on because <laughs> this pitch is this this pitch is very much an early morning pitch. Oh, you know what I just realized? I'm gonna do it right now before it happens. I gotta mute my emails because I don't want to hear the email chime while I'm recording. So let's get started, shall we? I think that's it for messing around. Let's start with "You Are Not My Mother." This is on Shutter. Now, in a North Dublin housing estate, Char's mother goes missing. When she returns, Char is determined to uncover uncover the truth of her disappearance and unearth the dark secrets of her family. Written directed by Katie Dolan. This is Katie Dolan's, or Kate Dolan, excuse me. This is her first feature film. She had only done a couple of uh, shorts to this point, I believe, starring Hazel Dope. Carolyn Bracken and Paul Reed. So you are my, not my mother. I like this movie quite a bit. It does feel a bit familiar, though. It's another slow burn movie about a mother daughter relationship. I'm thinking of a banquet, which also made my honor roll. It's very dour. It's very gray. It kind of toes the line on whether or not this is a supernatural possession or if it's mental illness that's affecting the character. I don't mean mean to say this is bad, but I do think it suffered a little bit for me on a personal level of just kind of being a little bit kind of tired exhausted maybe with that type of movie I um I'm on the fence about this I'm almost thinking I've been tossing around the idea idea and this movie this movie kind of prompted me to do so the idea of making a separate list of movies I really liked at the end of the year and just making an, an honor roll revisited but we'll see how I we'll see if I keep going um, as is right now because I, I missed a week here but uh, once I have some distance uh, movies that I liked 
and didn't put on the Adderall, but think once I have some distance that could make it and could be on my top 10. And this, this fits along with their, I actually haven't made a decision on it. I'll get to that later. What works best in this movie, though, is its lead performance by Hazel Dupe. Uh, she plays Charlotte Char, a teenage girl living in Dublin who lives with her elderly grandmother and her depressed mother, Angela. She's a, she's a teenager that is forced to live beyond her years, essentially. And the movie is about the fear of mental illness passed down from generation to generation of the pain and torment that kind of comes along living the way that she is forced to live. A lot of the movie rests on Dupe's shoulders and she delivers. It's not an easy performance as she is, she's made to play kind of emotionally exhausted throughout the film. This movie and Dolan, uh, they, it stays committed to its tone. It's just, it's a very downbeat tone. And honestly, I'm not sure I was 100% in the movie. This is a mood for it. This is a this is a very Irish movie. It's similar in tone to a lot of recent, well, recent in the last decade or so Irish horror flicks. Like I'm thinking of like The Hollow, A Dark Song, Hole in the Ground. Also, like those movies, there are certain tropes and themes that pop up quite often in Irish horror. Things like the relationships between parents and children, and I think You Are Not My Mother puts an interesting spin on that relationship with the whole mental health aspect, and it mixes in some Irish folklore as well. Irish Ireland is pretty rich in folklore history and tales passed down from generation to generation. You've got you've got gods, you've got fairies, you've got changelings, banshees. It's I, Ireland has all sorts of fertile ground for horror. Also also helpful is Ireland being a a Catholic country and you can see the influence of Catholic belief in Irish mythology throughout throughout the country's history. It's all very apparent. The the country's patron saints of uh, St. Paddy's and St. Bridget are rooted in Irish mythology. So when you are out there or when you were out there, or maybe when you're out there next month, or next year, celebrating St. Patrick's Day. Remember the reason for the season, which is that uh, while you're taking that shot of Jameson, remember that the reason for the season is because St. Patrick drove the pagans out of Ireland and toward Christianity. So I'm sure you will all remember that. So the question I ask here, is this on the honor roll? I told you I haven't decided. I was on the fence. I want to say this too. It's important. It's important. It sounds like a lecture. No, the first thing I do when I get done with the movie, and it's because I'm kind of anal about this, but I run to Letterboxd, the app that helps me. Oh, there you go. There's a chime for you in the background. Whoops. Very professional. Huh? Very professional operation. I run to Letterboxd and I logged it. And then I rated it. And I do that because it's fresh in my head and it's so I don't forget and so I can refer back to this at the end of the year as a way just to track what I want. But I think I, I rated this two and a half stars on Letterboxd and then I sat with it for a little bit. And the more I sat with, sat with it and read about it, read some interviews, read some other reviews, it really started to grow on me and I think that's okay. And I think it was a reminder that sometimes movies don't hit you right away and some, some are more growers than showers. I am going to put this on the honor roll. I'm going to put it on there. I thought it was, I think it's good enough. I think it has a chance to make my top 10, even if it's an outside chance, but I think it deserves to make my honor roll. So there you go. You are not my mother, which is, I believe, oh, you know what? It's not on shutter. I think it will be on shutter, but it's a rental right now. <laughs> Google it <laughs> to verify me because I can't do it right now, but you are not my mother is on the honor roll. All right, let's move on to a movie that I'm sure is on Shudder. 
I'm positive. Night's End. An anxious shut-in moves into a haunted apartment, hiring a stranger to perform an exorcism, which quickly takes a horrific turn. This is written by Brett Nouveau, directed by Jennifer Reeder, starring Michael Shannon, Kate Arrington, and Daniel Kyrie. Yes, you read that, or you heard that right. Michael Shannon is in this Shudder-exclusive found footage horror movie. This is a pandemic movie. And honestly, I am not quite as worn out with... It's still early, I know. I'm not as worn out with these types of movies as I thought I would be yet, which is weird. In fact, I thought... It's almost... Actually, now it's a little more distracting just how much popular movies, TV, media has just decided to ignore the pandemic altogether. Like, very few shows that I've seen and watched that take place in current times even mention it. And I understand, like, it's got to be tough because you don't want extras having to wear masks in every scene and having to deal with the dialogue issues that might come around with that or just the distraction. So I don't necessarily think it's people ignoring it because that's what they're, what they think their want audience wants. I think it's, I think a lot of it is just like logistics. So, but yeah, it's weird. I thought there would be more of this and I get it in. I just, I thought it would be different and but nobody, it just, it's more distracting. It feels off a lot of the times when I watch this, but this is a movie about a vlogger and he's a shut in. So this is uh definitely, if you want to see this movie done, I think better, actually I kind of better. It's not the same movie, of course, but if you want to see a, a, a good pandemic movie about a shut in, watch the new Soderbergh. Uh, I think it's Kimmy, Kimmy or Kimi on HBO max. I can't remember, but that is, uh, that is very good. And it's it's on HBO Max now if you if you have that, but he's a vlogger and he's in his basement and he's doing like lawn tips and nobody's watching on YouTube and nobody cares so he starts investigating paranormal activity in his basement, which is always a way to draw. It's a good hook. Um, the movie is fine. It's a I got a good lead performance which helps. It's hampered though by some really kind of wonky CGI near the end when it attempts to kind of delve into the demonic horror aspect of it. I think the the wonky CG and some other choices lead to this movie being kind of stuck in second gear. I think it has a good setup. And I was along for the ride for about the first half of it, but it doesn't it never really grabbed me as it went along and I think I think the CG like I mentioned and I think there are some other reasons for that. And one of them is you got to commit to the bit. I think I've talked about this a little bit, but I'll talk about it again here because this is a good example of, I think, not committing to the bit, if you will. If you believe in ghosts, if you don't believe in ghosts, if I believe in ghosts, if I don't believe in ghosts, I don't think it matters when you're making a movie that is dealing with the supernatural. Especially where the mo- a movie where the supernatural, and here, uh, slight, well, not slight spoilers, I guess spoilers here. The supernatural ends up existing and being real. And when you're making a movie like that, I think you have to commit to the bit. This movie doesn't do that. Movies like I, movies like The Conjuring, The Exor- Exorcist, they do. Uh, but it's okay to have silly characters and characters that stretch credibility, obviously, and characters that question whether or not these things are actually happening. But you have to sell it. So back to Michael Shannon, who is in this movie, and he's very funny in it. I will not take away from him. But... Him being in this movie feels like one big goof 
and it's it's kind of distracting. He plays a guy who is very much invested and a believer, and he's watching this guy's vlog. And it, while it's all very fun to watch Michael Shannon in this role, it's a bit wink-wink, too wink-wink, nudge-nudge for me, and it's distracting. It keeps everything at this kind of ironic distance, and it leads to the film never leaving second gear that I talked about that it gets stuck in. So I guess my advice out there to anyone that is out there trying to make a scary ghost movie like this is don't cast Michael Shannon in a cameo comedy role or do and just dive right into it being a comedy. And he's not, I've singled him out because I think he's the best example of this. He's not the main offender here. The movie, well, he is kind of, but he's not the only offender. The movie introduces a cast of colorful kind of paranormal paranormal investigators and it does treat some of them with respect but it's it's shannon in addition to them and they're they're kind of goofballs and it feels like feels like the movie is taking the piss a little bit it's all well and good i don't care because paranormal investigators can be a bit silly sometimes i'm not it just it feels condescending at times this movie does and i don't think that's what you want in a movie where the goal is to scare people and i think that's this movie's goal uh, so this is not on the honor roll. It's okay. I, I don't think it's it's worth a watch. It's it's okay, but it, it's not on the honor roll. All right, let's move on to the seller, also on Shutter. Hey, I'm on a budget, and uh, I've already paid for my year of Shutter, so you get a lot of Shutter here. Kira Woods' daughter mysteriously vanishes in the cellar of their new house. She soon, she soon discovers there is an ancient and powerful entity controlling their home that she will have to face or risk losing her family's souls forever. Written and directed by Brendan Muldowney, Muldowney and starring Alicia Cuthbert, Ewan Mackin, Dylan Fitzmaurice Brady. Alicia Cuthbert, of course, 24, The Girl Next Door. Happy Endings, I think, was the sitcom she was on for a bit. I haven't seen her in a while. I haven't seen her pop up. I used to, I caught a little bit of Happy Endings. It was a funny show. I think that's what it was called. Was that what it was called? Someone will correct me, right? Uh, or I'll correct myself after the show and Google it. Ewan Mackin, though, he's from the hit NBC, NBC show La Brea. So I missed out on the show Zoo, which Willie is a huge fan of. He loved the CBS show Zoo. So I was hoping La Brea would be like my zoo, but... And, and it might be. We're still, uh, we just finished season one. It's on NBC. It's on Peacock now. Fantastic show. It's a, it's kind of like a lost wannabe where a sinkhole opens up in LA and it sends people who th- fell through the sinkhole back in time to, to La Brea. Uh, it's a great, uh, it's, it's a laundry folding show is what it is. It's got hilarious special effects as well. Like the first episode, you could tell there were some decent ones and they blew their entire first season budget. On the effects in those, and then the rest of the effects are terrible. Every time my wife, I'll talk about my wife coming down at very funny moments in a bit, but every time my wife comes out, she sees me watching the lever, she goes, you're still watching this? <laughs> Ian, he plays like a psychic or something, the actor that's in this, so I think he's a psychic. I don't know, it's it's all very strange. Anyway, The Cellar, back to The Cellar. Uh, not great, not bad, decent. It's got a 5.3 rating on IMDb, and while I don't always agree with IMDb ratings, that feels about right. The influence is all pretty are all pretty obvious. The obvious one, I think, is the Changeling. Without spoiling too much, there is a shot that seemed to directly call out the Beyond, and I was proven correct. And I love when that happens. Uh, it happens rarely. Uh, in an interview with the directors who verified that they were inspired by the Beyond. So there you go. I think the first two acts are a bit slow. They're a bit 
bit of a chore. They feel a bit like homework, math homework especially. Uh, but this movie, I will give it this. I think it starts off a little familiar and a little bit repetitive, but it gets more interesting as it goes. And the third act is pretty good in this movie. I think the focus on maths as a way to make sense of the universe and as a way to break through to another realm, a demonic realm, is pretty interesting. And I don't recall a ton of horror movies focused on math. It's not well-mined. It's not a well-mined subject in horror. I have to talk about my wife's. I mentioned my wife's impeccable timing real quick, so I have to mention this because I think it it sums up the good and the bad of this movie. But the movie was very slow, and she kind of walked down, and it, she she was upstairs, I was downstairs. She doesn't like horror movies that much. She'll watch certain ones with me, but this one I was watching in the middle of the day, and she's she was doing something else. So she walked downstairs the first time, and she... Like, nothing happened. And she just kind of ignored it. And then she walked down towards the end, as it was getting towards the end. And this is where her impeccable timing comes into play. Because it was the best jump scare in the movie. As we got towards the end of the movie. And it, it jolted me, too. It was a great one. And it was, like, the only time anything scary happened to that point. And she goes, whoa! And she, like, screamed. And I started laughing. Because my wife always comes down at the worst possible moments in a horror movie, either the scariest or the most violent. And the other thing too, is even movies like I watch that like have a sex scene in them, like that are not, it's like sometimes it'll be a sex scene that comes out. Of her. She'll always walk down during that part too. So she'll just think I'm watching raunchy horror movies at all times. But I had, had a good laugh out of that. Uh, this is, this is another movie. I rated two and a half stars on Shutter. It never really grabs you. I will say this though. I I gave Shutter some crap. I think a couple months ago now about not a ton of variety in what they've been putting up, and I think that was a combination of me being impatient because now we're starting to get into the year, but also me being wrong. And I think they have done a better job of moving away or just offering a little bit more variety in their in their shutter exclusives. And that's been a nice, uh, been a nice change, uh, f- change of pace. So is it on the honor roll? Uh, no, I'm not going to put this on the honor roll. It is, it's decent. I think it's worth watch though. And I do think that it gets better as it goes. So if you stick along for the ride, I think you'll be rewarded in the end. All right, everybody. It's time to choose or die. A Netflix film. After firing up a lost 80s horror survival genre game, a young coder unleashes a hidden curse that tears reality apart, forcing her to make a terrifying take make terrifying decisions and face deadly consequences. Directed by Toby Meekins, written by Simon Allen, Toby Meekins, and Matthew James Wilkinson, starring Iola Evans. Asa Butterfield, and, of course, the great Robert England. Also, Eddie Marson is in this as well. Eddie Marson, Eddie Marson. Has Toby Meekins done anything? Let's let's uh, let's check out the old IMDb. Has he done anything else here? No, a bite-sized horror, which is a TV series. Was that a Quibi? Seems like a Quibi. Uh, and a lot of shorts. So this is his first big feature. Got himself a Netflix movie. What did I think of this? I was kind of excited for this, honestly. I was in the mood for something 
silly. This is another two and a half star movie. Um, this swing's a bit harder though than I think the last one. I thought the last one played it safe until the end. This goes this goes all out. It doesn't. This one swings harder. It doesn't make full contact, but it's a long flyout nonetheless. And that's that's what I could uh, ask for. This movie, I like the setup. I also like that it doesn't completely restart. That plot description sets you up for a movie that's going to be very 80s. Heavy on nostalgia for the 80s. And it is not. It's more of a critique. And I think it even attempts to critique it. I don't think it attempts to critique it too much. And maybe not enough. It doesn't feel like this is a movie that takes place in the past either. It feels very much like a movie in the now. And it feels very... It's like it's talking... It's more trying to talk about the dangers of getting lost in the past than anything else. I just don't think it quite gets there. Robert England, of course, provides a voice in the movie. And he does his thing, of course. But it's fitting because it's very... This movie is trying to be similar to Nightmare on Elm Street. And I think it's pretty obvious. And I think it succeeds at times. But not... It doesn't succeed in being similar to like Nightmare on Elm Street 1 or some of the better movies in that series. It mostly succeeds in being similar to Freddy's Dead. The power glove scene... Especially, there's an old Edward Furlong movie from the 90s. I think it's called, like, oh, I gotta Google this right now because I'm blanking on it. Is it Brain Scan? We're gonna do this together. This is good. This is good radio. Edward Furlong. Brain. Yep, Brain Scan. It is a 1994 movie with um, Jamie Marsh, Amy Hargraves, Frank Langella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brain Scan. Is it streaming anywhere? Yeah, you can rent it for three dollars. Um, that's what this reminded me of. It was about a, it was about like a CD-ROM that portrayed murder from the killer. So this is like this is like a new age brain scan, and I was all for that at first. The issue is, I think there are some really goofy moments in this movie, and they take you out of it, and they don't work at all, unfortunately. It's kind of a fun premise. I do like the premise. It's goofy. In a world of elevated genre, a little bit of silliness is welcome. The movie, though, it never... Those video game scenes, they are really silly looking. It never establishes the game itself, the rules of the game especially. And I do think it's hampered by its budget as well. This is another movie that I think the ambitions outweigh its resources. I did like the third act, though, and it has a musical store by Liam Howlett of Prodigy fame. So that rocks. And it got me to watching some old Prodigy music videos. And if you ever want to watch a great music video, one of the great music videos of all time, watch the music video. Don't do it now. Listen to the rest of my episode. But watch the music video for Smack My Bitch Up, the Prodigy, and watch the uncensored video. They used to... They used to have a warning about this on MTV, and they used to play it after, like, midnight only. And they didn't play it very much. And even then, it was a censored version of this, because this video is wild. Think very, um, very train spotting, very enter the void. And it has a, but stick around till the end, because it has a great twist ending. And if you are not squeamish, and if you don't mind a little bit of nudity, you can Google the uncensored video. If you don't mind a lot of nudity, actually, now that I think about it. Google the uncensored video for Smack My Bitch Up by Prodigy because it is definitely worth your four and a half minutes 
and great music video. One of the great music videos of all time. This, though, is not one of the great horror movies of all time. It's on Netflix now. You know what? This might be kind of fun when Stranger Things comes out next month. Kind of a fun, like, palate cleanser in between episodes or something. Or if you're looking for something, a background movie. And there is nothing wrong with background movies. And don't let anybody tell you any differently. But this is not on the honor roll. All right. And finally, the main event. It's time for the main event to be time with Tim. That's right, folks. It's another to be original. And it is, what is this one called? Titanic 666, the third movie in the Titanic series. Because if you recall correctly, there was a Titanic 2 from the Asylum. That's right. This is an Asylum movie. So you know what you're getting into here. Dark forces from the deep rise to the surface, terrorizing all aboard from Titanic 3 and threatening to repeat one of history's greatest disasters. Yep. Real quick here. I got Tubi pulled up. I know last time I picked out like five movies. I want to do something real quick. I'm going to do an experiment here. I am going to control F and I'm going to see. Oh, this might not work. Oh, no, I can't believe it. I was going to see how many movies I could find in their horror section with clown in the title because last time I was on here, it was nothing but clown movies. And maybe they just don't have clown in the title? Oh, wow. (laughs) I thought I had this whole great bit. And unfortunately, it looks like my bit is broken. So let's just scroll through Tubi. And find titles that make me laugh. I spent on your Oh, they've got like Placid 3 up here on Tubi. Ghost Boat. <laughs> Sorry. So it's like Ghost Ship, but a little bit smaller. War of the World's Annihilation. The, the title, this is another Tubi original. The title, this got one of the Baldwins. I believe that's uh, Steven. Death Link. I think that's like a link you should not click on. That's one of those links your work sends you to test you. Uh, Bull Shark, yeah, I know that. Ted, Tide in Blood, a bone-chilling ghost story. Make sure to check that out. Fear Farm 2, that's spelled with a PH. So a take on our healthcare system. I would assume this guy has a chainsaw. Killer Tattooist. Oh, I, gotta, I think I might need to watch that one. Maybe Willie and I ought to do that one. Paranormal Doorways. Also very, very nice. Uh, let's find a couple more here that I think you should check out. Of course, Titanic 666. Oh, Leviathan's up here. All right. All right. Famously haunted Amityville. <laughs> yep. The French, uh, yeah. Easter Bunny Massacre. Oh, you probably missed your your chance to watch that. BNB Hell. Now, this is good. Like, BNB, like where you stay and stuff. Bed, Breakfast, Death. The money, the... The Bunny Man Massacre. One more. Okay, one more. Sorry. What's what's another good one? Ooh, Grizzly is up here. All right. See, now I'm trying to like pick one out, and I can't because now the now the uh, the pressure is on. I'm trying to find a clown one, and <laughs> it's not working. Should I just give up? Uh, let's just end it with uh, Evil Bong. I think that's got Tommy Chong in it. So watch Evil Bong. 
from 2008. It does have Tommy Chong. He's on the cover of Evil Bong. We're not here to talk about Evil Bong, though. We are here to talk about Titanic 666. You've got to stop naming your ship Titanic. Directed by Nick Lyon, written by Jason White, and I think Nick Lyon as well. The, the, it was written by the guys who did the Sharknado movie, one of them. We'll talk about that later. Starring Keisha Sharp, who I think is on one of the Power book, Book of Power that's on Stars. I think she's on book two. Jamie Bamber from Battlestar Galactica, the remake. Lydia Hurst. Annalyn McCord, who I think was on Nip Tuck. And the new 90210 remake from a few years back. And Joseph Gatt, who is from, I believe, Game of Thrones. Also, VFX supervisor Glenn Campbell. So they got the old rhinestone cowboy back from the dead. How about that? Glenn Campbell, big git for Asylum. This is an Asylum movie. You know them from movies like the aforementioned Sharknado. Or like like Transmorphers, I think was them. Any like sci-fi channel ripoffs. So you know what you're getting. I didn't hate it. The CG is all over the place, honestly. So I read a couple of reviews about this and they made sure to mention how crappy the CG is. And it is crappy when it comes to the ghosts. The ghosts look like shit. The designs are kind of cool, though. I didn't hate the designs. The ghosts just looked ridiculous. But I thought the shots of the Titanic 666... Well, it's the Titanic 3, and not the Titanic 666. I thought the shots of the Titanic in the water were kind of good. Like, to the point where early on I wrote down in my notes, like, this is an asylum movie? Because I thought the Titanic looked pretty good. Maybe it's easier to do CG for ships than it is for ghosts. I don't know. You would think it would be harder because... Ships are real. This is one of those asylum... Anyway, the CG is all over the place, and I guess it takes you out of the movie. Um, so, uh, apologies, my dog is very itchy right now. Let me help her out. I guess it takes you out of the movie. Um, if you were into the movie to begin with. If you're, like, super into Titanic 666, you rock. Uh, I enjoyed this, though. I liked it. This is uh, one of the uh, asylum movies that plays it straight though, instead of like a Sharknado, which is obviously in on the joke, I find joy, pleasure, <laughs> both weird words to use, but I find entertainment value sometimes in both of those, honestly. Tubi, I guess, has replaced the Sci-Fi Channel now in some ways, and I think it's a good fit. I think Sci-Fi Channel, I haven't watched a ton of their originals in a while. Uh, I just watched the, uh, the one I really liked was the Slumber Party Massacre remake, reboot, like a sequel, whatever it was from last year. I think it even made my honor roll last year, or made my top ten last year. Yeah, it did. But that was a sci-fi movie. I should watch that again. But these Tubi originals now, a lot of them are, I think they tend to be asylum movies. So there you go. Uh, I think it's a good fit. I think audience-wise it's a good fit. There is something that I've tried to... uh, This is the first time I sat down with an asylum movie and tried to figure out what works about these. And honestly... I've talked about, and I'm not going to go into my whole structure bit here, but it, I think it's the structure. These are, listen, I'm not going to defend these scripts as anything beyond, but I think they are well-structured movies. I talk about the 17-page rule a lot out here, where, like, your inciting incident should happen on the 17-page, 17 17-minute 17 movie, and then I was paying attention, and the inciting incident, the lady, the, the she summons the Titanic demons, uh, it happens 17 pages, and then you get your introduction to the cast of characters and you you get the second act is all about the ghosts and it amps up 
what's happening on the ship, and then it leads into the third act, which is the the Titanic spoiler. Titanic sinks again. Told you. Don't do it. These movies, uh, you know what you're getting. It doesn't pull the rug out from under you ever. You, it's this is you want a ghost story on the Titanic. This is going to give you a ghost story on the Titanic. Actually, there is a novel, like an actual novel, like this. Just a second, Titanic ghost novel. I've done a lot of googling on this episode. Alma, <laughs> keeping you in society. Alma Katsu is the other. Oh, the deep. There is a book by Alma Katsu called The Deep. She also wrote a book called The Hunger. And it's it's essentially like a historical fiction that is about um, a ghost. It's a ghost story on the Titanic. And it is really, really good. Check that out if this is something you are like really interesting in and you want to read. Um, because it's, it's a little bit different than an asylum movie, of course. But it is kind of similar in plot. But... The book is that's The Deep by Amakatsu. So if this like interests you, check that out. But anyway, back to what works about the Asylum movies. Like I said, the structure, you know what you're getting. And also, it hit me during this movie. So I didn't realize Jamie Bamber from Battlestar Galactica was in this movie. And I'm sure he has a fan base from BSG because I'm one of them. I love Battlestar Galactica. And I like Jamie Bamber on it. I hadn't seen him in a while. And he popped up and I... And I was watching it and I'm like, I started Googling him. And I was on the Jamie Bambler Daily Tumblr and I was clicking around. And then it hit me during this, like, they know their audience. They know their target audience. And it's me. I'm the target audience for a Tubi original Asylum movie because I would be clicking around looking for something to watch, something to do my laundry during. And I would see Jamie Bamber in this movie. And I would say, oh, Titanic, 666, that sounds ridiculous. And I would watch the entire thing, which is what I did. So there you go. Their, their audience is people who they know some of these actors, and Annalyn McCord and Keisha Sharp, I'm sure, have their fan bases as well. They know these actors, these actresses, and they click on it because they want to continue to see their favorite actors and actresses in whatever they pop up in. And that's cool. I dig that. And I am one of them. So... There you go. That's what works about the other thing too. Is I want to. I've spent a lot of time, the most time on Titanic six six six, as you knew was coming. The other thing I want to mention too is I read in reviews that the straight face playing it kind of straight was a negative, and I disagree because I laughed a lot at this movie. There is a a lady, a, a a ghost knocks over a lifeboat and it smashes a lady, and it's hilarious. And the special effects suck. And I, I, some people were like, the Sharknado movies are better because they, they're in on the joke. And no, they're not. It's better when they're, they play it straight. So there you go. This is not on the honor roll. What did I put on the honor roll? I put, you are not my mother on the honor roll. I thought that was interesting, but it is similar to a banquet. So I may have to decide between those mother daughter horror movies. That's it for this week. That's all I put on the honor roll. I got to find a slasher. Maybe next time. We've got some fun stuff coming up. We just recorded a Tiny Terror that will be out this week. Or will have been out. Depending on when you... If you are a patron. Which you can... A patron. On patreon.com. Backslash MidwestPodNet. 
You can also, yeah, check us out, horrormovieyearbook.com. Check us out on YouTube, too. I've just been uploading some of the episodes there, but if you want to subscribe to us, I think it helps us out there. We're, it's If you're already a listener here, you're not getting anything extra because I don't have the time right now. But um, check us out. We've got a fun episode of Tiny Terror where we have Nikki on and we have Nikki's TV Corner. We discuss a lot of the television we've been watching recently. I think that's a lot of fun. Willie and I are getting together to record our multi-medium on the Proto Man and Mega Man coming up here. So that should be out by the time this hits the, the main feeds. Or if you're a patron and you're listening to this, it'll be out soon. The game nerds, of course, are up to up to good, good, good things as always. So check them out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it for now. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I will be back next time for episode eight of the 2022 honor roll. Thank you everybody and take care.